Hello, welcome to Get Schooled with Marcella Alonzo. Today, I welcome Janine Jericho. Welcome. Thank you so much for coming on. Could you please introduce yourself to my audience? Hi there. I'm Janine Jericho. I'm an international headlining feature showgirl in the adult entertainment industry. I'm the current reigning Miss Nude Canada and Night News Grand Champion Trio winner, and I hold over 80 accolades and awards throughout my career. All right. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, we've known each other for a while. You live, uh, you live, in, you still live in Tampa, right? Or St. Pete? I don't. I actually moved to Key West. Wow. Really? Yeah. Yes. Oh my yes. gosh. I'd have to visit you. I love Key West. It's yes, so you do need to come visit me. It's, it's amazing down here. Nice. Nice. So how did you, cause I'm very curious could you share with me and my audience how you first got into uh, feature dancing and what brought you there? Okay, what brought me there? And I'm from Canada. Mm-hmm. And in Western Canada, our adult entertainment clubs are very different than here in the United States. Um, all of the entertainers are considered showgirls. So you have to develop a show. And shows are usually 18 to 20 minutes long. And you get paid for all of the stages that you do, which is a great incentive to develop your skills on stage as a performer. So it really is like a striptease act. And I, I started in Western Canada and I have a dance background. So for me, it was, it just went hand in hand. I'm very passionate about dance and music and then being able to put it both together was pretty amazing. And I had met two other entertainers who kept trying to get me to, you know, come into the industry because they saw that I had a lot of potential. And at first I was like, hell no, I cannot get naked in front of people. Mm-hmm. Hell to no, I'm not doing this. And um, they said, just come and watch our shows and then make a decision because it's not what you think it is. Because I had all of the stereotypes and stigmas, of course, going off in my head. Um, and then I went to the club and watched their performances and they were empowered. Oh, your sound went off. Um, oh, sorry. We had a little technical. Wow. Yeah, I could definitely. Oh, oh so a little technical. Yeah, a little technical <laughs> difficulty. Sorry about that. Um, okay. so you, you saw, you went in there, you saw, you were, re- you were kind of scared because just knew. Well, I just thought. Well, Mm -hmm. yeah, like the nudity and also all the things I've ever heard about exotic dancers. And And Canada's a lot more liberal, though, right? Because Canada's like way more liberal than the United States, right? I would say that they're more open because of like the dance culture, for sure, because it is Mm -hmm. showgirls and showgirls um, like Winnipeg, for example, Manitoba, it was a huge... Uh, burlesque and adult entertainer friendly city they would I think they had I don't know over 40 venues or whatnot and girls would jam and go from venue to venue to venue so sometimes they'd be going from venue to venue in their costume like they would just take off their costume put their costume back on and then away they would go to the next venue so people around the city were used to seeing you know showgirls in full costume getting into cars going to the (laughs) next venue and it became a part of their culture and even in western canada because the show has been so built up i would say that there were it was more liberal like i 
you still have some people that would stereotype it if they didn't completely understand. Mm -hmm. But I would agree because here in the United States, your dancing is set up quite different. You have clubs and it's more VIP dancing, like lap dancing. And then you'll have a feature entertainer come in and do a show. Mm -hmm. And, and in some States, you know, people are still learning to be a little more open-minded. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, because I, I always was a house dancer. And yeah, I, exactly. And the and then the majority of clubs, the clubs I started at was 2001, which they rarely back then ever brought a feature dancer, or it was, they, they demolished this, but I love the place. It was called the Tanga Lounge, and then Mons Venus. And they the, the Tanga Lounge and Mons Venus never had feature dancers but um I think the dollhouse which is still open yes. yep. yeah the dollhouse still has features and so does the gold club in town actually there's a lot of clubs in Tampa that now are starting to bring back features mm. so yeah I, I actually Tampa kept me busy for three years because I would feature at all the different clubs that were there wow and then in Miami it was Tootsie's um, I featured at Tipsy's during the EDI, which is um, an exotic dancer competition. And then um, Dixon's Cabaret, the Sexy Circus, I have featured there a few times. So you get into feature dancing um, and you've come from a dancing background. Um, don't you also have a gymnastics background? Because you do, a, you, you have a you very unique act. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, not so much. I've always been an athlete. However, mm -hmm. all of the skills that I have learned from stage, I've learned as an adult. So the acrobatics is what you're talking about. I do a lot of acrobatics, but that's all been learned within the last three years. And then I've had, I learned aerials. I started doing aerials probably about eight years ago. So learning aerials and then of course being a I thought you were doing that since a child because you do it so like... <laughs> but it, it, it helps that you I think, have yeah I think it helps being an athlete and mm -hmm. then and being a dancer because I do have that strength and balance and then I have like the the performance aspect the showmanship mm. so when you started in how many years now were you doing it in Canada and um what brought you how many years were you doing it to Canada? And what was that like when you, from start to like, when you brought you to America? Okay. Well, um, in Canada, I had a huge gap. So I did start um, when I was 18 years old. I was mm -hmm. like, of course, like underage sneaking, you know, <laughs> fake ID <laughs> doing my bookings. And um, I did that for a few years and then I had quit dancing altogether and I became a prude. So I went from nude to prude and mm -hmm. I was working in the gym. I was a uh, managed a gym and personal trainer for five years, then worked in the music industry. And then after seeing me on Facebook, agents that I had worked with had persuaded me to come back to the industry because in Canada, they were the feature the features were depleting. There weren't a lot of features anymore because in Canada, the showgirl element started to shift because they allowed private dancing to come in. Mm. So, so it totally started to change. But with that change, because of course clubs are now realizing girls will pay to work there. We don't have to pay them to be there. And the quality of the stage performer started to go down because a lot of girls 
you know, would prefer it's very different. You're either a stage performer or a VIP dancer. There are a few girls that can interblend both of them, mm-hmm. but not all VIP dancers want to be on stage. A lot of them don't, don't like the stage. Oh, I used to pay to be off stage. Exactly. That's what I was saying. I used to pay to be off stage, but I do. I, I'll tell you one thing as a, you know, as a person that was always a house dancer, I always appreciated when a girl, you know, because you have times where nobody's, where it's boring on, in the club or whatever. I always appreciated seeing somebody that could work the pole well or could put on an act because it was giving me, you know, some sort of entertainment be like, oh, look, so-and-so's on there. They do that thing. Oh, they climb that. up. Yeah. Like, so I always enjoyed, I saw, I think I'm going to be an old lady going to burlesque clubs and because <laughs> I felt it was, it's an art. And we're, I do, I do, and you know what? I feel a lot of appreciation for from many house dancers. I feel like um, even I don't know, like an inspiration in some ways. Because when I come and perform for those girls, especially who want to do better on stage, they're like, "Oh wow, this is something else that I could do if I wanted to aspire to be." Yeah, so I would definitely agree with that. Yeah, no, I I've always appreciated. Now, so oh, oh those... yes, back to this, back to me coming to the states. So <laughs> I know. Um, side story, side story, then the real story. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, so I was touring in Canada when I came back for my second bout. Um, I was featuring in Canada, Australia, and New Zealand. So I was doing tours in all these countries because we're Commonwealth. So it's easy for us to work in different countries that way. However, the USA is like the creme of the creme and it's not easy to get a U.S. work visa. So a lot of people would say, don't even try to get your U.S. work visa. You're never going to get it. It's too difficult. Plus, the United States club owners prefer to book adult film stars. They don't really like showgirls. And I just felt like in my bones, challenge accepted. I feel like people just need to see my shows and then they're going to see how the audience reacts and then they're going to be sold because people at the end of the day still want to be entertained. And, and that's exactly what happened. So I applied for my U.S. work visa. I got an approval and was the first entertainer with our type of background to get an approved work visa because the the standards are extremely high. Like the supporting evidence that you have to provide that you're at the top of your field is it's surmountable, like everything that you have to um, provide. But then as soon as I got my approval for my U S work visa, I had three years of contracts immediately and then started touring the United States. Wow. Yeah. Well, your show is, you're not just you go up there and swing on the pole. Like <laughs> no. you do a lot. Like you have fire, you have uh uh those costumes and everything. Yeah, like I'm, a lot of my shows are one of a kind and in our industry that is so very difficult because you know, in our industry everything's been done. So it's yeah. not always easy to come up with something um creative that's unique that hasn't been done before. And the other thing is one of the reason why one of the reasons why many entertainers keep doing the same sort of things is because it works and it's commercial and people respond to it. So you have to also, if you are going to go down a more original or unique idea, you have to still make sure that the commercial audience is still going to get what you're doing. 
mm-hmm. as far as characters go. Right, right. That's a lot of work. Talk about the investment of the outfits because you've got some very, very unique um, <laughs> invest- <laughs> outfits. Yeah. That's a, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, for me, um, I would say that I have probably some of the best costumes in the industry and have maintained that for as long as I've been here. I've I've always known that costumes are such an incredible investment. My costumes are anywhere between $2,000 and $3,500. And they make their money back usually within one or two bookings just from tips. But a lot of girls don't always, you know, splurge that kind of money, which is, which is fine. I like to because for me, my costumes and my character is what I base my show around. And it's the production, I really become the character. And I also believe too that when you're investing in yourself like that, other people will invest in you because they'll see how serious you are. That That's very true. That's very true with anything. Yeah. Yeah, that does make um, especially when you're performing like that, and you're doing it live because you have the bumblebee, you yeah. have the clam. Yeah, you the mermaid. The the mermaid, uh, the fire. What, the demon. I have a demon. The demon hunter from World of Warcraft. I have Frozen with a big, huge LED dress, and then I have a champagne bowl with a snow machine. And then I know. Uh, what? But what is the uh, that one? The robot. The uh, well, that would that is that's Transformers. That's Bumblebee. oh, the transfer. Okay, that's the that Bumblebee. Is, yeah. That's right. Okay, yep, sorry. that's the Bumblebee. Yeah, right. that's the Bumblebee. I'll try to remember all your. <laughs> no, because you it it is for anybody listening. You have to like see really go and see her performance because it's one of a kind and it's something very fascinating. Um, it's not like I said. It's 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 a lost art. Um. And you probably are like the one that sticks out the most in my head, not because I know you personally, but because you, I do see the investment. Um, yeah. And people do say that often. I mean, people um, will remember me from doing a contest in 2018 and be like, oh my gosh, you're the bumblebee or, <laughs> oh, you're like Ray's Elsa. <laughs> like that would be frozen. So people, your- yeah, people remember that. To keep yourself employed after you've made all the investment, what is it that you need to do exactly? Um, to keep yourself employed? Oh, there's just so many things. I mean, not, you you definitely need to be consistent. So one one thing that a club owner said to me is you're consistently great. That's why you are always so booked. Because it doesn't matter if I have 10 people in the club or 200, you're still putting on a show every single time. And every show is like a contest level show. And that's one thing that, you know, has kept me booked is, you know, my shows are grand, plus my consistency is always level. Um, I'm very easy to work with and super professional, you know, meeting and greeting people building rapport, like all of those things are, are very important. And, you know, marketing sales, I would say 80% of my bookings are self-generated. So they come from me. I do have agents that I work with as well. Cause they, they work with different clubs. Mm-hmm. So I will do both. I'll do self book and I will work with agents, but I am my own business. So I kind of feel like that also has been a huge 
bonus for me, a huge contributing factor because I am a businesswoman before I'm a future entertainer. Mm, yes, yeah. So it's a lot of um now you do do some of the exoticas. How important is it to do conventions, do you feel? Um, I feel like they're a bonus or I wouldn't have done them. So okay. I would say, you know, when it comes to doing events, it's great beca- because of the exposure. And, you know, like what I like about Exotica is it's a fan fest. So you get to meet the fans. And I'm a people person. I'm super interactive. I like to meet and greet with the people who, you know, are following me and all of those things. So I really enjoy that aspect. And then there is the ED Expo. And mm-hmm. that's like the Gentleman's Expo. That's, and that's in more Vegas in-, in August, right? It's going to be Dallas this year. Okay. So they usually they change the, lo- the location sometimes. That's going to be in Dallas. It's more industry people. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that, yeah, I like the conventions and the events are are great for exposure and also working in a different environment. It's not like a club environment. It's an event. So you're working with event people. So just to even gain that type of stage experience is exceptional. Wow. Now, how do you manage when you're traveling? Cause you have your two little dogs with you and (laughs) all this equipment. um, How do you manage like traveling and staying fit insane and everything else because I know I've I found (laughs) the balance (laughs) you know I definitely have found the balance um yeah it took me a few quite a few years though to be able to find that balance and you know I would I call it stripper tetris when it comes to packing like I mean (laughs) I'm like a master packer and you I usually use hockey bags I am from Canada so I'll use hockey bags to pack which have a lot more room and you can pack more things in. Oh yeah. So I've got a total, I've got a system down and it also depends on what type of a booking I'm doing. Like if I'm flying to a booking, usually I'm only doing four shows. So I'll bring four shows and then whichever props are allowed and that will fit. Um, For example, the props, like, so that hockey, like I'm over, I'm going to buy hockey bags now to travel with. That is (laughs) (laughs) yeah it depends on where I'm going and what's allowed some places Mm -hmm. don't allow fire so I don't I don't need to bring any of my fire equipment Mm -hmm. but if I or aerials some places don't have aerials so I don't have to bring my hoop or Mm -hmm. hammock so I usually it depends on what the venue allows and then I'll decide what shows I'm going to do and I do I do it all like I have all the the bells and the whistles when it comes to skills but ultimately for me um I could command an audience in a paper bag. Those are just bells and whistles to my presentation on stage. My showmanship and how I command an audience really is my forte. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a lot of work. Um, Do you have a particular... Now, you've been all over the United States, correct? Yes. Where is your favorite place that you just can't... You love to travel to in in the U.S.? Oh, geez. Oh. <laughs> oh, there's just, there's so many that I really love. Um, well, I have a few favorite clubs that I love. I love the Deja Vu in Lansing, Michigan. Mm-hmm. 
the audience there is phenomenal. They're super interactive, very excitable. And that's how the Canadian audiences are. They're very enthusiastic and rowdy and loud. Like it's almost like going to a rock concert. When I come Mm -hmm. on stage, everybody's just like, ah. And I really, I really love that reciprocated energy. Do you think it's that way because it's so close to the border over there or? Yes, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe it's that way. Um, let me think about that. What else do I, I like, I love, um, I did love Vixen's Cabaret and mm-hmm. and that's by Miami. I think it's Davey, but I call it Miami. Mm-hmm. So I really love that place. Um, oh, there's just so many places that I love. <laughs> How often are you, um, cause every time I look at your Facebook or uh, you're always somewhere. I know. How often yeah. are you traveling? All the time. So I would say um, I've had a pretty stacked touring schedule every single year, even through. Oh, hold on. I think I lost you, the sound. We lost your audio. Can you hear me now? Okay. Sorry about that, guys. <laughs> yep. Um Oh, yeah. So back to bookings. I, I've always loved to, to be super booked up. Not all features like that. Some features prefer to be working one or two weeks out of the month. But I've mm-hmm. always loved to have back to back to back to back to back. So I've always set up my years that way. Um, the next year is going to be the first year where I'm not like that. So January through April, I am not doing any feature bookings. I'm doing mostly uh, I have an online program, a feature program, and I'm mentoring in coaching up and coming feature entertainers mm. and yeah so I've got like that's that a good on. idea that's a that's a good idea because we are kind of losing the art and that would be good also for you know the porn stars that are getting into feature dancing I agree and yeah. I do feel yeah like I mean because I have been um a self-booked feature and I have had a very solid solid touring schedule every year for the last 14 years across, you know, different continents. Wow. I know a thing or two, I know a thing or two about um, booking yourself and how to get booked. Um, that's one thing that a lot of girls are struggling with. Some girls are waiting by their phone, hoping for an agent to call, but you know, that's not always the case. So now you're mentoring girls, you're taking them like under your wing and you've started an online program to help them to get. Absolutely. Yeah. So there are, um, other uh, schools out there too, like feature schools that I, like the Showgirl Experience is a fantastic one where girls who are super green, who don't know anything about featuring, they can go to that and they can learn all of the basics. And that's actually a free school. So I think that's phenomenal because there's not enough information for the newcomers that are, you know, really interested in becoming a feature. And mm-hmm. I feel like what I have to offer would be like the next step. It would be for girls who have plateaued or are struggling to get bookings and how to be relevant and to stay relevant, to have sustainability in this industry. And of course, I can help them with the development of their shows and creating shows that are going to get them booked and that are going to connect with audiences. Because sometimes girls will have really great ideas because this is a creative process. We are artists. Right. But you also have to be able to create characters that are going to connect with an audience. If you are way too out in left field, 
then people aren't going to know who you are and they might not be so receptive to the performance. Mm, I see. Um, did Faust, I, did Faust Assist affect you in any kind of way? Cause I know they, it did affect the way um, strip clubs could advertise. Um, you, are you familiar with Fosta Sesta? Yeah, I'm familiar with it. Um, I don't feel like it has directly affected me too much. I mean, of course, all of the social media stuff is super PG <laughs> yeah. when it comes to like the advertising stuff, but that's okay. I don't mind. I don't mind any of that. How important is social media for the feature dancer, you say? Because I see a lot of them on Facebook. Like, that's how I, like, I see that big group and I was like, <laughs> let me post here and hopefully, and then I was like, I, because I've, <laughs> I've asked you before, but I think you were too busy at the time to come on. Um, but how important is it for those feature dancers? Because now um, I know with me featured, I mean, um, with me personally, everything is online because I'm an, more of an online sex worker. But how how vital is it for you guys? Oh, it's everything. I mm-hmm. mean, that's how clubs will see you and see your performances and even see how you are interacting with people on your social media and decide whether or not they want to book you. So it's uh, having knowing how to market yourself and, you know, how to what you should be posting marketability all of the things are crucial to getting booked I mean I've I've helped a lot of girls I've helped my friends who were really struggling with bookings by giving them a few tools on what they could do to beef up their social media and it totally worked for them so you know it's it's exceptional even my duo partner Hala Bay like (laughs) Hala when her and I first started when we first started working together I said, do you have Facebook? And she's like, well, no. And I'm like, <laughs> and you're wondering why you're not getting bookings. I'm like, a lot of the industry people are on Facebook. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. let's no, create fa- your Facebook, Facebook profile. You let's can, get it you going. Can also, you can also make, I make money off Meta. Um, and like TikTok took me off and I have another TikTok. I know a lot of people say TikTok, but TikTok is weird. Um, and they, yeah, do- I agree. I kind of feel like they keep taking people off. So I've been avoiding platforms that have been, you know, just too strict like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have one just to have one now because I got to have everything. And they, they got rid of my main one. And then some guy was like, I'll get it back for, if you pay me 1500 and you do a review video, I was like, no, like, this is not that important. I was like, uh, uh-uh. uh, and I see a lot of people still pay the guy and I'm like, I don't, I just, whenever somebody's like, pay me to, you know, get back a platform, I don't trust them because I noticed that they also go back and then they, they'll delete you. And it's like a, a system of taking advantage of you. So I don't trust that. So. I agree. It's like a cash grab. Yeah. And Facebook actually has the, the most, um, people is the, is the largest social media. And a lot of people don't realize that. Oh, wow. Well, you know what, Uh, I feel like, um, for me, Facebook has been my best tool. I feel like Instagram, I have a lot of um, empty fans, like people like my photo. Yeah, people might like my photo. But those are not necessarily the people that are buying my merchandise or coming into clubs to see me. It's mostly my Facebook people. My Facebook people are like loyal, diehard fans. Those are the people buying my merchandise. Those are the people that are coming in to see my shows. But I also feel like Facebook, it might be because it's a bit more of a personal interaction where Instagram 
isn't, isn't so much. Yeah. Instagram just have, post a picture and it's, that's it. Um, when I check my analytic, I feel the same way you do because I've noticed like the Facebook makes more of a difference than Instagram. But when I look at my analytics, Instagram is number one, um, than Facebook, but it's still, like you said, the same thing. Like I notice. You know, yeah, like, I mean, it's been great for bookings, like clubs will go onto my Instagram and see my videos and then book me because they'll see my shows on Instagram. However, I just feel like Facebook has been like the better solid tool. And then I'll, I'll also see, you know, other entertainers who have like a million followers, but then they go to a club and it's a ghost town. And I'm like, yeah. well, you know, just because you have like a million or whatever followers on Instagram doesn't mean that all of those people are going to show up for you. Because I do feel like they're just more empty. You know, they're not mm-hmm. necessarily, they're just people that are sitting behind a screen and like in photos, they might not be the people that are, you know, totally into everything that you're doing and that are going to yeah. show up for you. No, that's so true. That's so true. Because I, um, I don't like to manipulate my IG and I notice a lot of people like there, there'll be people DMing me, try this giveaway, grow your, and I'm like, nope, <laughs> nope. I just leave yeah. it alone because that's true. That's exactly. Um, so I've seen it where people have like a million or so much and they don't, it, it doesn't really, it doesn't up. translate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't translate. Like even for me, I mean, I think I have like, a t- on, I have quite a few Instagrams. And I think I have like 80,000 followers, you know, with both of them. And you know, um, my interaction with that is minimal. Whereas with my Facebook, I have less people, but then they are the quality people that are spending and, you know, interacting and all the things. So yeah, yeah. Now I was just curious about the marketing for you because I know, but I do, I do agree using them all. And, and I do love Twitter. I do love Twitter. Oh yes, yes, yes. Twitter, Twitter, but I'm having a very hard time would get schooled because, um, the only reason I don't do little clips and I put them onto YouTube is because then I don't, I don't want to lose my YouTube and I've watched people. So my other podcasts, I put it on YouTube or my IG because I'll get, there's times I've had just recently, I had a guest and I put the little flyer up and then, um, cause she had three X's at the end of the name. It was, it was, you know, I got in trouble and I'm like, what the hell? Like, so it's, oh, I, no. I, so even <laughs> for me marketing this, um, podcast because of the nature because I have every type of sex worker from yes you know like from a stripper to somebody working in a brothel to a porn star um meta I have to be careful very very careful but um yeah like it's I, we're all walking that line but on on eggshells yeah we have oh, to be so careful oh I know it's awful <laughs> it's it's a constant constant thing that like you know and then you see I see other posts where like I mean you can see a girl's vagina and I'm like how is this person still on Instagram (laughs) make this make sense right when girls say oh well I see celebrities I'm like listen that's a celebrity you're you're, (laughs) you just have an OnlyFans get it straight you know like right like why can't I do it look she could do a lot of things you can't do she could buy a lot of things exactly Bye. Just because you that old saying, like that's how you have to stick with it. So um what was the other question that I have? Um your how long does it take for you to come up with a routine? Oh, every routine is very different. Like with Bumblebee, for example, that was a mm-hmm. very challenging costume. 
when I first got it. It took me six months to be able to put that character together and have a seamless flowing show. Wow. Uh, yeah, I did. Like I, I kept getting stuck in the costume. I had to have different things altered on the costume. Originally, like there wasn't a panel with where my zipper was. My zipper was getting stuck to my pants and just like, you know, being stuck in the corset and then the LED lights. So, and, and then even just bringing the character to life. Um, originally I was being like the sexy transformer and I just didn't feel like it was connecting. And then I had a brilliant um, idea from my friend Morgan Summers, who's an Australian feature entertainer. And she said, mm -hmm. you need, you need to be Bumblebee. She's like, when you come on stage, you actually need to be Bumblebee and then transform into the sexy feature. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Oh, that's brilliant. And then I reached out to another fellow feature entertainer, Simone Danalestris because she's a fantastic performer. And I said, can you help me with the intro to Bumblebee? Because I need to bring Bumblebee to life and I'm just struggling a little bit. And she was like, absolutely. So her and Lacey Rain, who also is another epic feature entertainer, they both, I don't, I think they're both taking a break or retired at the moment, but mm -hmm. they're both um, phenomenal creative geniuses. I went to Vegas, met with them and they helped me with the whole intro of my transformer and then it completely changed my show and then it became iconic. So you had to um, go travel where they were. You, you like, yes, yeah, so they were both in Vegas and right, right. they got me a booking in Vegas. So I just went there. It was easy enough oh, for okay. me just to go. Yeah. Right. So it, so it ended up all working out. So that show itself took a while and other people's brilliance to, you know, <laughs> come together. But then I've had other shows like, my Demon Hunter, which is another epic costume, I put on that costume and was able to go out and perform the show seamlessly the first time around. Mm. So, every, you know, every character kind of, even like my Frozen show, my Frozen show was another show that had to evolve. Mm -hmm. It took a few, I probably less, like maybe two, two to three months before I was able wow. to. So this isn't just an overnight thing that you're doing. This is like a serious, like you take your career serious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. Anybody listening, she's. Well, cause she's, it's like putting on, it's like putting on a show, you know, it's like putting on a mini production, like going mm -hmm. to Vegas. Right, right, right. But you, it, well, you're one of the most serious ones that I know of. That's a, and it's a lot of work. So it's not just a, you get a booking right away. They ha you have to put in that energy, that time and the, the acrobatics part you, how look, cause I remember one time you were working on, I remember what, cause I would like watch it like a show. It was entertainment for me. I would watch you with, <laughs> it was with a guy and it was like circus acts. And I'm like, wow, yep. I could never do that. How long that training, how long was that training? Well, the acro training, like I've been doing acro now for three years, almost four. But the acro, when I first started doing acro, it was amazing because my first partner was super small and flexible and I'm mm -hmm. very strong. So we did one three hour session and he said that we went from beginner, beginner to advanced in that three hours because we both wow. were so good at working together. We went from basic moves to doing like overhead lifts and stuff in that one session and then it just it's practice you know with acro it's muscle memory and balance so you do have to practice so that you don't lose it so we would meet a few times a week 
you know, to keep practicing so that we have all the transitions smooth and easy. And then the same thing with my next partner, Hela Faye. Um, but because she was, she's my size, we had to change some of the moves because I, I couldn't lift her over my head. <laughs> yeah. wow. She's like, she's a, she's a, she's a gymnast. So she's a gymnast. She's got a ton of muscle, which is, you know, it's heavier. So I'm like, ah, oh, sorry, Hala, I'm not going to be able to lift you over my head. <laughs> wow. But, but three but hours. Super... Oh yeah. And... Oh yeah. Three, three hours is nothing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Like that's a that's a lot, a lot of work. But not every feature dancer. You are you're just one of the top notch ones. Um, mm-hmm. Not all feature dancers start out like, you know, they have to get the basic routine first, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Come out. No, and, tell- and and there, there there are some features who have come from like a Cirque background, so they will have all the skill. But even mm-hmm. though they have all that skill, they still have to learn how to put on a show and be a fantasy on the stage while they're doing all of that cool stuff. Because at the end of the day, we're working in strip clubs. People want to connect with the feature on the stage. They want to have fun with the feature on the stage. They're not going to see a cabaret show. So you still have to be able to have personality and fun and connect with the audience and then you can mm-hmm. do your super cool skill because then they're going to love it even more. So there's there's both. You could be super skilled and still not know how to put on a, a proper feature performance. Or you have to build on your skills so that you can put on an epic feature performance. Oh, wow. And then after after you're done with your performance, how is it you make money off the fans? Because you do get booked and usually the clubs pay you directly, correct? Yep, that's right. But- and then, because um, I remember when I worked at Tootsie's, they would, some of them would sell merchandise, just like Exotica, yep. like they sell merchandise. Yeah, very okay. Yeah, and tip, like tipping on stage is huge. Oh, okay. Tipping on stage is huge. So, but it's mostly, the the bulk of your money is what the club pays you. That's what yep. uh, is the most the, important. The, cl- the clubs and the tips. Oh, okay. Both. The clubs and the tips. Okay. Yeah, and then the, the merch the is just, is uh third. Cause extra. I, like, it's yeah. extra. Okay. Cause my merch from Exotica, like what's crazy is the neatest thing that I have, my lighters, which are beautiful. They never sell, but um, like eight, the cheapest, my cheapest merch sells when I go to Exotica. Have you ever noticed that? Well, you know, what's interesting with Exotica is my posters will sell. A lot of my other merch is mediocre. However, selfies with people sell. Like that's oh, yeah. my biggest sell. Doing <laughs> yeah. pictures with people, that's like that's no, like you, the you, one you taught for me, me you taught me the uh topless photo with the um pasties <laughs> the titty rah-rahs. I'm like, do you want to do a titty rah-rah photo or do you want to do just a regular photo? Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to do a titty rah-rah photo. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, that that is the big that that hustle like I always do well, but that sells the most, but I'm like, why won't nobody buy these cute lighters? Like, and I have to, I've had had somebody like steal them off the table at a DC. I remember, but that was, I'm like surprised. Like, why does it, nobody want to buy my lighters? You know what? In a club, they would like in the, in the clubs, my, my lighters and magnets are my biggest sellers. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Cause Exotica is weird where they do, 
I'm like the cheapest stuff. So I quit buying so much merch. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to. Because every exotica, like, got all this merch. So I agree with you. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, New Jersey, I didn't sell that too much merch at all. Yeah. So um, you said the, this coming year, that's what's going on for the future. You're starting. And how? what does your program look like for those that would want to join? Well, it's an 11-week program, program, and it's online, plus mentorship with me. There is an application process because I'm not just taking on anybody. I do want to make sure that myself and the entertainer are a good match. Like I'm going to be able to mentor them. They're going to be coachable. They have all of the things that I look for in an up and coming entertainer, that sort of stuff. Um, But it's got, it's fully loaded with everything that you could ever want to know, like right down to how to get books and how to get bookings, the marketing, but also being on the road, how to safely tour, how to choose accommodations in between the bookings, if that's what you're going to do, um, safety, how to pack all the things that you could even do that you could ever and think of. I like that packing tick with the hockey. <laughs> with the hockey bags. <laughs> I'm like, oh, now I'm going to get get all hockey bags. Like that's Yeah, be- hockey bags with wheels. Make sure. How, they have wheels. how important are these? Um, I see it online all the time is the, the, the stripper competitions. How important are those for feature dancers? I would say that it depends on what the competition is and it depends on what you're looking to gain from the competition. There are some competitions that I feel um, are a cash grab. They take, they take way too much from the entertainers. Like they charge a huge entry fee upon fees, upon fees, upon fees. And to me that, you know, I, that goes against what I believe. I think that if you're doing a feature dance competition, that you should feel valued, that they want you to be there. So you Mm -hmm. should be more taken care of, like accommodations paid for, no entry fees, that sort of thing. That's just my own personal perspective. Um, Feature dance competitions are great for exposure, photos, um, getting to see other shows, other skill sets, the experience, um, you know, I feel like with social media, though, it's not a necessity to do a contest mm-hmm. in order to get booked. You just need to have a strong online personality and good shows. Mm, okay. So, like, again, everything, that's what I was telling somebody. I go, every type of field you're going to do now requires social media. I agree. Yeah. Well, yeah. especially if you're a feature entertainer, you know, there there are, there are tons of... Uh, feature entertainers that don't compete in contests like rubber dolls a great example oh yeah she 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 dominates you know she does phenomenal so I I think a contest is a personal choice and you have to decide on what you're looking to gain from it because not everybody will will gain from doing a contest either sometimes you can get bookings out of doing a contest but sometimes you don't it just depends on what type Mm. of uh, competition you're doing and there's so many different types of competitions throughout the states. Now, your titles. What are your titles again? Uh, I'm the current reigning Miss New Canada. Uh-huh. But I also have World Ultimate Entertainer, um, Exotic Angels Performer of the Year, Miss Nude Showgirl Australia, I'm a former Miss Nude USA, a two-time Miss Nude World Entertainer of the Year. <laughs> wow. Best chest in the West. 
<laughs> You've done it everywhere. Wow, that's amazing. Um, that's great. So can you tell my audience how they could find you um, now that we've like we've heard everything how um your share your social medias or if you have any other online platforms uh my uh website is janinejericho.com and then most of my social media will be janine jericho so twitter instagram on facebook i'm green jericho or janine jericho feature entertainer okay i also have fire and ice which is my duo and trio Okay. And then is there anything like online that people can see, like an OnlyFans or something with your work? Yeah, I do have OnlyFans, Janine Jericho. Okay. Well, thank you. My name is Marcella Lonzo. Um, if you like this episode and you'd like to see it, um, uh, us live talking, uh, well, not live, but videotaped, you can go to Marcella Sobella and join my Patreon. Um, also, you can go and follow me on YouTube. Facebook and Instagram, Marcella Sobella. Thank you so much, Janine, for coming on Get Schooled. (laughs) Thank you for having me.